It's the beginning of March and we've been experiencing a very difficult winter. I am speaking about the weather, but I am also speaking about the state of the church. We are going through a winter. And the only thing I can say about this winter is that at some point, no matter how harsh or long it can be, spring will arrive. I'm just not too sure that this winter is going to be over anytime soon. In the last week, I've heard many stories of sexual abuse by priests, and I am saddened and sickened. I can't understand why any human being would hurt another human being. I can't understand how a priest can celebrate Mass and then go off and commit horrible crimes. At the same time, I know that there are false accusations and that not all cases of sexual abuse involve abuse of minors. I also know that there is abuse everywhere. This seems to be part of our human condition. But I can't help but think that as church, we have to be better. We have to be better than our human condition. There will always be evil. Yes, Satan hates the church, Satan hates the family, and Satan hates our sexuality. But we have to be better. We have to have excellent seminary formation. We have to have excellent crisis intervention. We have to be excellent confessors and excellent managers of parishes. We have to strive to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Hurting another human being is never okay. Maybe that's the first step in braving this winter and ushering in the spring. I'm Deacon Pedro and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I'm Billy Chan. It's nice to be back with you guys. It Fine. is. It's been a while. I know. I know. Uh, a long I mean, you're just you're gone for so long. Yeah, all we the miss time. you. <laughs> I know. I was gone. I was in Panama for World Youth Day. That's good. But mm-hmm. we've all been busy, and it's nice yeah. to take a break. Um, the winter. <laughs> you mean <laughs> from us? I mean, yes, a break from each yes. other. <laughs> he said yes. Yes. Um, it's uh, the winter's not easy. No. And I mean both winters hey, that I just yeah, talked I about. I, I, I think it's okay. It's still, still okay. The it's winter? Winters should be cold, right? Well, I, I know. Mean, I mean, you're talking about the weather, right? Yes. And I, and I know how people say that this winter is like, it, it's never ending, but it's still, f- well, it's March. Oh, it's yeah, early yeah. March. It's the yeah. end of February. Uh-huh. So it's it's meant, supposed to be winter. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, uh, a reminder, um, I, I, I know, Billy, and I'm going to put you on the spot because I know we've had listeners who are having issues with the podcast of iTunes, yes. of Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes. And and the answer to that problem is... I'm still fixing it. That Billy's still <laughs> fixing it. It's, it's complicated, so we, we apologize. But the good news is that Google Play, the podcast, is great. It works really well. So if you have an Android Android phone, uh, um, that's, that's, yeah. that's working really well. But the best place to listen to our podcast is on our website. Yes, definitely. Saltandlighttv.org slash radio. So that's where we keep all that. And Spotify. Maybe one day we'll be on Spotify. I'm looking into it, but you know, very busy. Winter, you know. (laughs) 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 Billy is very busy. Anyway, so um, it's... uh, yeah, it's a difficult show today, I think, because, I mean, I'm looking at Emily now because she's going to be doing our news. Yes. And the news is all about what was happening in Rome last week, right? Yeah, exactly. So there was a, sun, a summit last week, four days, and 
It's not happy news, but I think no. we have to talk about it. It was we pretty do. significant. And yes. so, um, you know, but there, but, but, but what we find through is that there is hope. And Pedro, you're going to be interviewing someone today yes, who's going to speak about that. Yes, so, absolutely. So that's um, our hope that's I coming up. I think that's up. what we need to focus on. Yeah, I'll tell you that in a bit. And uh, yes. Um, I think it's good. It's, you know, it's opening up a conversation, communicating. We do have to talk about it. And that's yeah. something that we'll be talking with Father Thomas Berg in, in a little bit. Um, if you don't know what the summit on on sex abuse last week, this is a great, you know, Emily will give us a really good summary uh, coming up very soon. Um, and after that, Billy, we have a question. Yes, because we need hope, Church right? Church for Dummies. We, we need hope, need yes. Hope. So the question will be about the saints. About so, saints. Yeah, so we will we'll talk more about okay. hope. And, and Billy did prep me with the question beforehand, and I brought mm-hmm. you a gift. Oh, it's mm. a gift. Oh, so you, so th- th- I'm going to give you a gift when we when we do church for dummies ah. in about I don't know ten minutes or so. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Emily, you brought it up. So maybe I'll just so so Father Thomas Berg is uh, is the author of this wonderful little book called Hurting in the Church: A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. It's not a book that's just about. Uh, victims of sexual abuse. Mm, it's mm-hmm. for all abuse. And I think that maybe because I'm reading the book, I'm sort of more attuned to, I mean, Catholics, we're like hurting each other all the time. <laughs> and and you don't need to go farther from, you know, I'm sure we have your tons of listeners. Well, yeah. your own family, but in the parish. Right. Right. Oh, like yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the musicians and the readers. The and politics. The, the politics yeah. of, you know, like, I don't know what it's like to run a parish, but I've seen some horrible things in parishes. I know we have listeners that work in parishes, um, Catholic schools, yeah. right? I don't know. Yes. Three of us are in different parishes, and we all say yes already. <laughs> right, because we all right. know. We all know that that's true. We all agree. Right. And I guess that's right what away. I was saying in my in my opening commentary, that it's like, really? Like, yes, we're human, and, mm-hmm. but we need to be better. Like, if you can't manage a parish, like, we sh- a, par- a priest should be able to manage a parish yeah. better than a business manager managing a business. Why? Because um. he's a priest. Hopefully. Uh, we think, right? <laughs> if we're Catholic, yeah. we need to be better. So um, Father Tom Berg, is uh, he's, uh, he's a professor at the St. Joseph Seminary in New York, uh, in the Archdiocese of New York. And so he's written this great little book, Hurting in the Church, A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. So we're hoping that um, the conversation, as you said, Emily, that it'll kind of point us in the direction of, mm-hmm. of healing, where we need to go. We need to go forward. We can't go forward ignoring all the people that have been hurt Definitely. and abused. Mm-hmm. And if we need to listen to them for a long time, yes. we need to do that. Um, but there is there is a way forward. And so I'm really looking forward to speaking to Father Tom Berg. I hope that everybody can can hang out and, and listen to that conversation. Uh, so that's coming up in our second half hour. And then we're going to end the program by speaking with... Uh, an artist, PJ Anderson. You guys are not familiar with PJ. I've heard the name. Have you before. heard PJ Anderson? Yes. Yeah. So he's got this great voice. Um, I first met PJ in uh, Krakow, in World Youth Day mm. Krakow, mm-hmm. in in two th- 2016, and and then we had him on the show in October 2016. Um, and in fact, he was just at World Youth Day in Panama. So maybe that's why I'm thinking that we should have him on the show. But he just <laughs> has a new album called uh, Light and Dark, just kind of interesting. Light oh, yeah, and dark. Yeah, light, light and, and dark. And dark. Oh, yeah, okay. light and dark. So uh, um, we're going to be speaking with PJ about that and what uh, what he's been doing. Uh, that's at the end of the program. But why don't we start with a song, yeah. mm-hmm. as we always do? Here is PJ Anderson with "Sing Forever" from his new album, Light and Dark.
That was PJ Anderson with Sing Forever from his new album, Light and Dark. And we're going to be speaking with PJ Anderson in our second half hour in about five minutes, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But first, Emily is still here with our news. Yes. So we were saying that we would talk about the summit on the protection of minors that happened at the Vatican from February 21st to the 24th. So um, four days, but really three days of meetings because the fourth day they had a final mass with Pope Francis um, at the Vatican. So this meeting gathered for for our audience who doesn't know much about it, just uh-huh. to give you kind of an outline yeah. of who was there. So there were 190 presidents of Episcopal conferences from around the world. So basically, um, all of the presidents uh, of, of Episcopal conferences from right. around the world were in Rome uh, for this meeting. Um, sorry, not 190, 114 presidents. Okay. And... Yeah. Um, but really 190 to, to probably a little bit more than that actually all the, like all the participants so all the participants direct, like superiors of congregations there were, were superiors there. Of, yeah. con- of congregations there were uh, priests uh, lay people lay as people, well yeah. um, and victims because yes. they were there to uh, to give their testimony share their share their stories with the um, with the participants right. so over the course of three days um, every day the bishops met in the synod hall and they listened to to three speeches, main speeches, those at least that were uh, available to the public. So every day, three people would present. um, They could be uh, cardinals. There was also um, a woman doctor Mm -hmm. uh, who is also part of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and the Dicastery for the Family Life uh, and Lady. Um, And there was also a religious sister uh, who who gave a talk and... um, and I believe that those those were very powerful. There was also journalists, there was, there was a, journalist, a Spanish, a Mexican, a Mexican, Mexican sorry, a Mexican yeah. ju- yes. journalist. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of the outline. They, they also met in small groups to you know to discuss the issues a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Um, we know that from Canada, Monseigneur uh, Bishop uh, Gendron, Lionel Gendron who's from Saint yeah. Jean Longueuil, who's the president. He is the president of, of exactly. the Canadian Bishops Conference. He was there as well. So um, essentially, what happened? I guess maybe I can start from 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 the last day because on the the last day, uh, the moderator of the conference, um, which was Father Federico Lombardi, he's the former uh, spokesperson yes. for the Vatican, and he listed out kind of these these four um, initiatives that to that the the Vatican is committed to uh, moving forward. Okay. So uh, these, the first one is is the publication of a motu proprio. Proprio yes. uh, by the Pope. Now, now these are coming. Um, I found this information on Vatican News. They released these four points, and yep. so the motu pro- proprio by the Pope. So th- he came out not too long ago, um, you know, with motu proprios for the protection of minors yes. and how to deal with bishops yeah, and accountability Pope, and all last that year, stuff. Uh, yeah. 20 uh, 2016, I think it right. was, actually. Exactly. But this one uh, really was directed to the Vatican city-state. And what he was saying is that you know, we're expecting regulations and guidelines from bishops' conferences around the world and from uh-huh. dioceses and from parishes, but the city, uh, Vatican City, needs to be as well accountable and have kind okay. of these best yep. practices. So, 
not sure when that'll come out, but he he said that that was one of their their um, their concrete their mm-hmm. action yes. points. Uh, the next one would be a rule book uh, for bishops, so to explain their uh, juridical and pastoral duties and responsibilities with yeah. regard to the protection yes. of children. Um, and then he also the third point was. Um, the creation of a task force. Uh-huh. So this would be basically a team of people made up of experts, uh, lay people as well, um, that would assist the bishops' conferences um, who lack necessary resources right. or expertise okay. to I confront these issues, whether that be safeguarding minors okay. um, or dealing with cases okay. of abuse. And the fourth one was um, was that uh, there would be a meeting with the heads of the Vatican Curia um, departments, um, some kind of organizing committee to follow up with this meeting and to to reflect on on that question as well as what next. So I think that that Mm -hmm. question, what next, is also thrown to the bishops' conferences um, in in each country as well. Um, So that was like a conclusion. uh, That was a conclusion, exactly. Those are the action points that came out from the meeting. Right. So apart from that, of course, um, I can, there's so much that came out. You know, if I would have to say that if our, um, if you want to know more about yeah. each of the speeches or, or, you know, anything that is, you know, related to this meeting, people can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, because we do have a web page uh, on this summit for the protection right. of minors. And so they can go there, they can find, you can find the Pope's uh, homily and, yeah. and his message at the end of, um, at the end of that meeting and anything else related to the summit. Um, And of course, it was a very strong message that the Pope gave, um, basically saying that this is abominable. It's, um, you know, the work of Satan that um, that the church needs to uphold higher standards, essentially. So so again, a very powerful speech, probably something you can expect from Pope Francis after a meeting Mm -hmm. like that, but um, worth a read. And and, and you should definitely check it out on our website. Okay, good. Sadly, a topic that we will probably continue hearing more and more as mm-hmm. uh, as we go. But thank you, Emily, for that uh, update. And yeah, so all the details about that, the speeches, uh, I think even some of the videos mm-hmm. you could probably find on our website, saltandlighttv.org. Thank you, Emily. You're welcome. Emily Callan is our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hi, this is Matt Marr. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. Finally, finally, yes, Church, Church for, for Dummies. Dummies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you missed this segment. Yeah, yeah, I miss a lot. I think everyone misses it, right? Everyone, everyone. <laughs> yes, please uh, tell uh, Billy at Bijo Chan that okay. you. Uh, okay. You so have a question. I have a lot of questions during the holidays, but oh, yes. uh, now I have you no know, one specific question. Yeah. To you is about the saint. We mm. always have questions about saint. I don't know why, but. You know what? What can we talk more, right? But saint, uh, when we look at like the Old Testament, there are a lot of people. Yes. A lot of people, and we don't call them saint. No. Like for example, Noah. No. S- we 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 never called. Yeah, that's saint a very good Noah. question. That's a very good question. Yeah, and and um, I just realized that even Mary, we yeah we call Saint Mary, but the thing is, when in the church, you know, yeah. in the mass, we call her. Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes. And we never call her saint. Yeah, you're right. So 
Okay, so, so, so what two is things. the logic behind? No, well, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if there's logic. Uh, so, so two things. Okay. Um, the the term saint uh-huh. and the word blessed, they mean the same thing. Oh. So originally, when we would have been calling these people, quote unquote, saints, yeah. we were probably just saying that they were holy. So holy... Paul and Holy Peter and Holy Mary. Okay. Um, oh, okay. And then, and that word in Latin is yeah. sancto, which is saint. So eventually, that word holy or blessed yeah. became a title. I see. And so, so that's why I, I think that we might say Blessed Mary, Saint Mary, Holy it's, Mary. It's, a, it's the same. It's a, it's the same. It's the same thing. So basically, but, you're but talking it's about okay this to a cultural thing when we. Talk about like language. We you said all it, three words. It is words a language thing. So if you, but if you look at the Latin, uh-huh. whether it's blessed or holy or saint, it's the same word. Okay, it's the same oh, word. Okay, okay. But you're right. In English, saint is the title. Okay. And, and nowadays, as of maybe the third century, I think I'm not sure. We we you use saint as a title because that's when the church started canonizing people. So holy so, Noah. So okay. So <laughs> then the question, yeah. And if you look at the Orthodox Church. Uh-huh. And maybe even other Eastern churches, mm-hmm. they do would refer to Holy Noah or Holy Elijah or Holy oh, David. Okay. And in fact, a lot of those uh, churches um, do include even feast days for like there's a feast day for for King David, feast day for I think Abraham and Moses, maybe Elijah. Sense. And now, if you if you look at, I mean, what does it mean to be a saint? Is that you're in heaven? Yep. So we do believe that. I mean, we we believe that Elijah was taken off to heaven. He didn't yeah, even yeah. die, right? So because we know of the transfiguration, we, right? A, and and mm-hmm. with with Jesus at the transfiguration, yeah. Moses and Elijah were there. So that's a pretty good proof uh-huh. that they are in heaven. Mm-hmm. But I think that the logic, to, yeah. to, to, to use your <laughs> word, is that we use the word saint for those people who are Christian. So Christ followers. So, so the, exactly, Christ followers, even though you could also argue that Moses and Abraham uh-huh. and, uh, are, are following Christ, but but not chronologically. So that's that's where w- what the logic is. But that doesn't mean that we don't think that Abraham, Elijah, Isaiah, Moses, Noah, David are not in heaven and that you cannot pray to them. And in fact, I told you earlier <laughs> that I was going to give you a gift <laughs> And I have a gift for you. I'm really? opening the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. Number 61. Okay. <laughs> okay, listen to I this. I wish I could memorize everything. Number 61, <laughs> Catechism of the Catholic Church. The patriarchs, prophets, and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints uh-huh. in all the church's liturgical traditions. So there you go. That's from the catechism. Wow. So it's actually there. So we do. I should read it first. I know you should. <laughs> so we do recognize um, them as saints. We just don't call them saints. But that's because of, like I said, you know, the church didn't start recognizing people as saints, canonizing them until the second or third century. So it, and, and it started because we referred to them as, you know, because they were followers yeah. of Christ, or mm-hmm. if you, um, in the same way that you might have a saint that is recognized as a saint in the Protestant Church uh-huh. or in the Orthodox Church, but not in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we might not think that they're yeah. that they're Catholic. Sorry, that, that they're <laughs> saints. But if they were not cat, like if someone is not Catholic, the Catholic Church cannot canonize them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because we, we cannot measure we them can, with our own. We rules, can only right? canonize people who are yeah. Catholic. Okay, now we 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 done with the human. Yes. But how about the angels? 
So sing Gabriel? Oh, yes. Sing Michael? That's probably in the catechism you too, did. actually. <laughs> um, I, I didn't look that up. Um, no, that's a very good, that's a very good point. And I think mm-hmm. that my first answer answers that one. So we do oh, call, uh, mm-hmm. so a- Michael, uh, uh, Gabriel, and Raphael are archangels. Mm-hmm. We call them St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, but they're not really saints mm-hmm. because they were not human beings who the died. Angel. They're angels. They were created as angels. We, th- we use the title saint in the same way that we use the word holy. So okay. it's holy because they are holy, they are blessed, um, but they're not saints in the same way that when Billy dies, he is going to be canonized as saint, oh. Saint Billy. It's not Hopefully. the same thing. Hopefully. That's my goal. That's your goal. That should be everybody's <laughs> goal, to be a saint. Good. Like Saint David and Saint Moses <laughs> and Saint uh, Elijah. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, that yeah. answers your question? Yeah, yeah. Perfectly. Thank you very much. Okay, well, there you go. So, uh, look, read the catechism more often. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, uh, Billy Chan, with a good question about saints. If you have any questions, remember you can write to him at B. Joe Chan. You can also write to me at Deacon Pedro GM. Billy Chan, he's a former radio host and he's our web guru here at Salt and Light Media. Again, you can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Healing the Church and a featured chat with PJ Anderson. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. According to bishopaccountability.org, United States bishops have received allegations of abuse by some 6,700 priests from 1950 to 2016. These allegations come from 18,565 victims. That is in the United States alone. Needless to say that there is anger and hurt. Some would say that last week's Vatican summit on preventing sexual abuse was way overdue. Still, progress has been made in the last 20 years, but I'm not sure if that is the conversation that we need to have. The fact is that people have been deeply hurt by the church, and most of us don't know what to do with all this information, which is why I thought we'd speak with Father Thomas Berg. He's the author of Hurting in the Church, A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics. It is our hope that he can help us understand, maybe digest, I'm not sure, uh, this information. I guess, I guess it is my hope that he can help us begin to heal. So, Father Tom, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Great to be with you, Deacon Pedro. Um, your book is not just about sexual abuse. It's about, I guess, abuse in general. It's about, about hurting, people being hurt in, in the church, by the church. Why do you feel that it was important to write this book? Uh, part of it stems from my own experiences of, of hurt uh, along the journey, um, and that led me to realize that, you know, beyond the darkest manifestations of this, um, certainly in, in, in the tragedy of um, child clerical sexual abuse, um, the fact is that, unfortunately, as, as Christians, as Catholics within the Church, we, we fail in charity and in, in that, that great wonderful high calling uh, to live the love of Jesus we we fail and we fail miserably and one can say well that's you know that's been the story since day one right um, but, but yeah. I think the reality is too we 
we can look back honestly at our lives and say, my goodness, uh, can we not, with the grace of God, do so much better than we do? So, yeah. um, And I guess it came from the realization in so many ways that the, the people that, that I am called to serve, that I serve in the Church, that um, I preach uh, to on Sundays, um, the, the good folks, um, our brothers and sisters in the pews, in so many ways, they're they're hurting in 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 many ways, whether in childhood or later in adulthood. Um, they've had hurtful experiences in their experience of the church, and I thought one it was important to um, put a spotlight on that and and draw attention to it, right. but also to suggest to those who hurt, and that's really for whom the the book is is meant. Uh, way a way forward yeah how how can work those through those experiences to actually grow in our faith to become stronger disciples and 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 hopefully to become um elements of of change uh within within those cultures that need changing within the church yeah especially if we are i mean that that seems to be one of the aims or mission if we can say of the church is to help to heal i mean jesus came to heal so if the church our, that's our job as as clergy, as ministers, as churches, to help people heal. But if the church is the one that's causing the hurt, that makes it all the more dif- difficult, I guess. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, Pope Francis, early in his pontificate, used that beautiful image of the church as the field hospital. Yes. Um, but as I do in the book, I, I ask, okay... That I mean, we and it's easy for us to imagine ourselves in in that role, and we are, and we mm-hmm. were called to be those who reach out to those destitute and need, and those who are struggling and so forth. But I also ask, what what's the culture like within that field hospital? How do how right. do the right. how do the volunteers and the physicians and everyone in that field hospital how do we treat each other? How do we right? Yes. You know, there's yeah, we can be hurting each other. In, in that dynamic as well. Right. And unfortunately, that's what happens a lot. Yeah, sadly. Um, uh, one of the, uh, uh, I guess, quotes, it was a quote that struck me uh, uh, the most from your book in Chapter 11, which is the chapter that deals with protecting children. You quote Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, who's a psychologist. He's an expert on, on clergy spiritual wellness issues. And he says that if you're not angry, it means that really you don't understand. And I don't know, it's funny because, and I think it, 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 it touched me because I don't know if I feel angry. I mean, I, the more I listen to stories of victims, I, I think I feel more sad and maybe even sick. But anger is not something that I feel. But how important is it that we listen to the stories of victims as a first step in healing? Oh, it is of fundamental importance. And, and hopefully that whatever one might feel, anger, rage, um, numbness, sadness, mm-hmm. um, that if we ever have the opportunity um, to to listen to those who have suffered sexual abuse in any in any form form or sexual exploitation, I'm um, I am blessed to um, from time to time try to minister to uh, victims of abuse, and I'm reminded again and again by them that what one of the things that is so important and meaningful to them is just the fact that I'm listening. Right. That I, as a person, as a member of the clergy, someone endowed with responsibility and leadership in the church, that I'm listening to them. It is absolutely fundamental for their process of healing. And, you know, and Pedro, I might just say, you know, regarding the anger thing, I mean, I love that quote from um, from uh, Rossetti. Yeah. Um, I think something that's been strangely missing, and I... Uh, 
again, it's it's so easy for everyone, you know, for us to look to the bishops and to fault our shepherds and so forth. But I, I have to say that I think this is also an area um, where our shepherds need to um, step up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes their their lack, or at least the perceived lack of outrage, is missing. Um, yeah, there, and as much as and as good as some bishops are at listening to victims and being present to victims, I've also been told through persons who are who are in the know, um, persons who work closely here in the United States with um, in support of victims and um, victim assistance coordinators. I've also been told that in recent years they've noticed that bishops are kind of stepping back. Some bishops are stepping back from that. I don't hmm. know if the same thing happens in Canada, but that um, some bishops are dropping the ball as if, okay, you know, I've done that or I've done that for a number of years. It's not as necessary. Or we've done now. enough. Yeah. Or we've done enough. Yes. It's that temptation of we've done enough, it's always there. It's always lurking. Um, and I think bishops need to double down on, on just rejecting that. Um, and right. as far as listening to victims go, yeah. we, um, we can never do enough. And y- yeah, exactly. And you say that in the book very clearly that we don't, it's not the church that decides what, what when's enough. It's the victims that need to tell yeah. us when it's enough. Um, wh- what, <laughs> what this, I mean, we could talk about this uh, sadly for a lot longer, but what, what do you think healing in the church demands? What what do we need? Well, right now, again, um, I do think that a, a lot is in the hands of bishops. Um, we we need to see our shepherds um, stop reacting and right. begin acting. And there are things that you know toward healing and toward really effectively addressing this crisis. There are things that bishops can do in their own dioceses tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, they can expand the role of diocesan review boards to also include um, allegations of improper behavior with adults between with, between clerics right. and adults. Yes, any bishop could do that tomorrow. He doesn't need Rome uh, to give him permission to do mm-hmm. that. He could do that tomorrow, and just a gesture like that, I think, would be extremely reassuring. Do we need? Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. Do we need uh, to know all the details of all the abuse? Is how important is it to? I guess the transparent to be to be open with exactly what the allegations are to know who did I what to whom. Yes, I, I I think that's absolutely important. That in particular is something that needs to come from Rome. Uh-huh. Um, for example, um, I, I think the, the the final determination with regard to Theodore McCarrick was was mm-hmm. the right one. Yeah. But if Rome wanted to, it could release a summary of all of the credible allegations in detail. Right. against this man. It has not done that. It yeah. could easily, uh, the Holy Father could um, release that tomorrow. That kind of, um, now something like that might still be kind of held bound by um, the appeal or use of pontifical secret mm-hmm. in the recent summit. Uh, I think there was some good conversation about lifting this with regard yes. to sexual abuse cases. I think that would be another very good um, move for the Holy See. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but again, there's other things that bishops can do. I th- what we need to see are bishops acting yeah. uh, very securely on their own, not 
waiting and watching to see what other bishops do. We need them to be proactive and start taking, and any any step that they take in, in taking effective action, um, that will almost immediately, the next day, up their credibility rating yeah. <laughs> um, e- enormously. And uh, so, in a word, we need them to lead yes, um, and to, not yeah, wait. Yeah, shepherds, yeah. For other bishops to see what they do. Absolutely. I guess uh, the last question, if I can end, and I, you are a priest, so I'm hoping, or at least I think I know how you're going to answer. But will will we heal? Will the church heal? Oh, I have absolute hope. I mean, I I, I really I I believe that profoundly on a very spiritual plane, uh, what we're experiencing right now is actually a purification yes. of. of the mystical body. The mystical body is suffering. The mystical body is hurting. Mm-hmm. But our Lord is purifying His body, the bride, the Church. Um, I have no doubt that um, brighter futures are ahead. And and the only way, as many have said, the only way um, out of this period of purgation, purification, the only way out of purgatory right now is through it. So yes. um, there will be many um, dark headlines. There will be many sad. Um, news stories ahead, but we are making progress. And in the last reporting year of auditing cases of sexual abuse in the United States, there there were only a half, you know, yes. only a half dozen reported uh, new credible allegations uh, in re- in that recent period of time. Right. Uh, the measures that we're taking and and yeah. the the role being played by so many good lay people um, in in that process, uh, they are working. Yes. Uh, so it's the same here in Canada. In terms of protecting minors, so yes, uh, the, the day the day of healing, the day of healing, us. the spring will come after this winter. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Father. Uh, thank you so much for taking a little time to talk to us uh, through this, and thank you for writing the book, and thank you for all the work that you do in, I guess, helping us heal. Great being, great being with you, Deacon. Thank you. Father Thomas Berg is a priest of the Archdiocese of New York. He serves as vice rector and professor of moral theology at St. Joseph's Seminary. He is the author of Hurting in the Church, A Way Forward for Wounded Catholics, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, P.J. Anderson, with Made for More from his new album, Light and Dark. We are coming on the air at this hour with news of a school shooting in South Florida.
That was PJ Anderson with Made For More from his new album, Light and Dark. We first met PJ Anderson in October 2016, just after World Youth Day Krakow. PJ is from Nashville, and he has been making music since he's 10 years old. For the last 10 years, he has been the director of uh, the Catholic Heart Work Camp. Now, I met him in Krakow in 2016, and in fact, he just came back from World Youth Day Panama, He was there playing at the Fiat Gathering for U.S. Pilgrims and also at the Youth Festival. Um, Three years ago, PJ released his fifth album, I hope I got that right, Mercy Mercy, which debuted at uh, number seven on iTunes. And now he has just released a new album, Light and Dark, which we've been listening to. And so I'm very happy to welcome PJ Anderson back to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome, PJ. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. So how was Panama? I saw you, like, for 30 seconds. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Man, I love World Youth Day so much. It's like chaos, and it, it, I think God just built me for, for chaos. Oh, good. So <laughs> I love it. We were driving around, played like seven or eight different events, you know, all different types of events, catechetical sessions and holy hours and concerts and nice uh, big U.S. gatherings. It was big and small, and I, I, I love it. That's great. And you went with your whole family? Yeah. So my, my parents oh, uh, wow. have taken me to... World Youth Day since I was a little kid. The first one was 1993 in Denver, Colorado. So we've gone to four of them together, and this was my wife's first one. Really? So she was supposed to be in Krakow, and some crazy events happened and couldn't go, but um, she made it to Panama. It was a great experience for everybody. That's great about your parents. I, we'll have to talk about that one day, because the Pope keeps talking about how we need to bring our elders, have a relationship with our elders. <laughs> so this is great. I have this idea that we should always bring old people to World Youth Day. Just be like I won't tell. I won't tell my parents to call them elders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, tell me about this new album. Why? I mean, I'm intrigued by the title, "Light and Dark." Why? Where does that come from? So, I think it's pretty indicative of our world right now. Lots of yeah, lots of darkness. Um, but God told us that the the darkness will will not overcome the, the light will overcome the dark and right. you know one of my favorite artists I, I lived in Rome for a year and a half and now my wife and I lead pilgrimages there once or twice a year yeah um, three pilgrimages coming up this summer but one of my favorite artists is an Italian painter named Caravaggio uh-huh. and that's his style yes. of painting is in Italian chiaroscuro which means light and yeah dark. the and shadows his yeah. paintings just exude like realness and um uh, and just they look like snapshots like photos but they're actual 
paintings. And I, I think it was a combo of those two things, but it just the world we live in right now. It's my mom always said growing up, like the world's a crazy place. And I never thought that I was, I was like, it's not crazy. The world's not crazy, but kind of is sometimes. And we got to be that light and let that light shine through. Yeah. Well, the song we just heard just before you came on made for more. I mean, it's very clear that that's what that song's about. You know, in the midst of yeah, all this I wrote that stuff that's going on, right after the Parkland shootings last year. And yeah. You know, I'm I've been traveling around a lot, and and this year in particular, I've had a lot of played a lot of youth conferences and youth events, and I played that song with the band, and and I had I asked the kids a question right before we played it, like, how many of you guys have there was a room of two thousand kids? I said, how many of you guys have ever felt nervous to go to school because you thought a school shooting might happen? Really? at your school and yeah. it's unbelievable a majority of the kids raise their hands and really? and that's not fair and that's no. not okay no. and that has to end um, yeah. and my own kids having to go through intruder drills which thank, thank God they are doing that at schools too, but it's a shame we have to do that yeah we, we've been just talking I mean just before you came on I was speaking to Father Thomas Berg I don't know if you know him about hurting in the church and of course when the climate of the sex abuse scandals and the summit last week um, in Rome and it's the same thing it's like there's there's the church is light but the darkness is in there because Satan hates the church and hates the family yep. and so of course there's going to be darkness but that doesn't mean that the darkness is necessary <laughs> it's like we need exactly. to fight the darkness exactly. just as much as Jesus fought the darkness all the time yeah like you're not saying with the title that, that light and dark need each other you know like that's like a human no, condition no, no. Not at all. Just that we we need to be the light that expels the dark. I mean, right. and every every great story of you know from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's about the darkness trying to take over that light and and, and bring in things that were that can be good and and once we're good and, and try to turn them into Darth Vader. And that's we can't allow that to happen. We have to we have to believe what what God tells us that the light will not be overcome by yeah, the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. We have to believe that and then yeah. act on that. Yeah. Um, um, since you mentioned stories, do you, do you see yourself m more of a songwriter or a worship leader or a storyteller? I think all of those. That's, that's you know, it's, I, I'm Irish <laughs> uh, by descent, majority Irish, so I, I guess we're supposed to be storytellers. So I do, yeah. I do get long-winded telling stories sometimes, but I'm in a, really big writing season right now I just you know I've put out quite a few albums but I, I, I need there's there's ideas that just keep swirling around and I've I've uh, taken a little too long to let some of those songs out so I'm really writing right now and, and, and trying to to read more and, and to yeah get good ideas but also just just read to to know you know and, and gain knowledge and know the love that God has for us and, and to be able to put that into song. And so I'm writing a lot right now. Um, and we're also, um, you know, in a season of, of leading this worship night in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's all, all those things, song, songwriter and worship leader and storyteller. And this, this yeah. worship night in Nashville has been just a life giving thing for, for myself and my wife and, and a community it's growing in Nashville. Uh, it's a worship night called Summit. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that. Once, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we get together once a month, and, and it's been going on for a couple of years. I, I kind of joined it 
it was a different name and I'd been asked to like join the band and, and then it was kind of a I never knew if I was supposed to take charge of it or not and then all of a sudden my wife and I kind of fell into being in charge okay. of it and, and you know part of it was like guys we're, I'm gone all the time and we have three kids and we're like crazy entrepreneurs we're always like my wife is especially my wife yeah. entrepreneur to the max so we're always having like business ideas and not just ideas there's ideas that turn into real businesses and different things and yeah but it it became something that we're like we love this and we want to take ownership of this and, and let's let's spread the word and get more people there and so people are are coming out in droves and and praising the lord once a month um at uh, at summit and it's like I said, it's been really life giving. And it's for so it's a not wor- just my family and I, but a lot of people. It's a worship night, uh, like ecumenical. It's for anybody. So it's it. I mean, that's the idea. I would say a majority are Catholics that come, but we it's it's definitely open to all denominations, and we do have other uh, people yeah. from other denominations come and, and join us. And the way it works is, it's about thirty to forty minutes of of worship music. We do that. It's like a worship circle. So the band's in the center, and it's in this old, like, upper ballroom of this old church. Uh-huh. And beautiful chandelier and wood floors and high ceilings, and the band's in the center. Nice. Everyone's in a circle around the band. And we, we it wasn't always like that. We switched that recently, and it just opened up. It was just nice, so much more engaging. People started singing, actually. We got a bunch of Catholics singing. And it was <laughs> like... So much more. I don't know what it was about the circle, but it just opened up these these floodgates of of praise and and people feeling like they can sing and lift their hands and and then after song we we have usually a fifteen twenty minute talk by you know Nashville's just full of not right. only musicians but really great speakers and, yeah. and a lot of those are our friends and so a short talk and then we go across the street to this the second oldest church in Nashville I believe yeah um, and it's a beautiful old church and we go there for for adoration and confession. Oh, nice! Wow. Okay, so I was just telling uh, I was just telling PJ that that I haven't been to Nashville yet. So so that now I have a reason, not that I didn't have a no. reason before, but I have to make sure if I ever get a chance to go to Nashville, maybe one of our listeners would uh, help me get to Nashville, um, and uh, hey, I can make sure make <laughs> make sure that I know I got lots of places to stay, but uh, make sure I go when you have the the worship night summit. Sounds yeah. sounds like a wonderful uh, event. Um, PJ, just before I let you go, uh, I know you're songwriting. So, is there a new album uh, in the works? Is that what's uh, what you're working on? That's or? the that's the plan. Yep. That's the plan. Um, uh, initially, my my idea with with this um, light and dark was to release you know a couple EPs and then and then put a full album out. It's okay. Just a, a funny world trying to figure out the the music. Uh, industry yes. right now yeah, and I know. how to do things it seems to be a singles world right now so yeah look for some new music coming out yeah soon hopefully sure. and, and i'm just gonna keep plugging away at writing and, and getting those words down and good those melodies out. good excellent and you're touring and you got the summer camp in the, in the summer so all that information on your website i'll let people know where yep. that is so uh thank you for uh thank you for <laughs> i know you're you're in a hotel traveling right now um so thank you for i'm glad that this worked out uh hope uh all's Me well too. and stay in touch all right all right, sounds good. Thanks okay. so much for having me. You too. God bless. God bless. PJ Anderson. You can find all about him. Book him for your event. Purchase his music. Uh, find out where he's touring. All that information at his website, pjandersonmusic.com. Here now is PJ Anderson with Holy Spirit Come from his new album, Light and Dark.
We're listening to PJ Anderson with Holy Spirit Come from his new album, Light and Dark. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can always reach us via email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can also find Salt and Light on Facebook and Twitter at Salt and Light TV. And you can find me at Emmy Callen. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. There's also uh, this really neat voicemail app off our website, saltonlighttv.org slash radio. That's really easy to use. If you want to send us a comment, we'll probably play it on the air if it's good. <laughs> and remember that you can also subscribe to the free Salt and Light Hour podcast off Apple Podcasts and on Google Play. But the easiest way to listen to our show, as we said earlier, is streaming it off our website, saltonlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists or guests. So please go and support what they do. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the, the Salt and Light, Light Hour. Come alive, come alive. So come alive.